All right, guys, I know you love the sport of hockey, and I know you love making money. So let's bring those two things together. MyBookie.ag has teamed up with the Hockey Podcast Network to bring you a great deal. Use the promo code THPN, and MyBookie will match your initial deposit 50% all the way up to $1,000. So you deposit $500, you get $250 to play with in free wagers. That's a can't-lose situation, folks. Use the promo code THPN on MyBookie.ag. MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome, everyone, to the Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. That's me uh, and TJ. I want to tell you that from now on, you are going to have to introduce me with my tagline. Uh, what, what might that be, grumpy old man? It's going to be, there's no shame in his game because he's always the same, the grumpy old man, oh, the grumpy. NHL expert. Grumpy old man. I'm not sure if I can make any promises to remember that every podcast, but I'll do my best. Well, you're able to remember everything at the end, you know, for the Hockey Podcast Network. You figure that you could remember how to introduce your partner in this uh, in this endeavor. <laughs> Very true. Well, grumpy old man, the Islanders, they played two games since our last podcast against the Los Angeles Kings and against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'm not going to say, I got a correct prediction, two points. Um, They beat the Kings, which I thought they would do, and they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I guess we could first start talking about a grumpy old man. They were down to the Los Angeles Kings at one point in time, three to one. And by some great heroics by Kiefer Bellows, two goals uh, helped kind of set us on the right path where we were able to get a come-from-behind victory over the Los Angeles Kings and got two really needed points. And regarding the Tampa Bay Lightning game, um, I had a few takeaways from it, but I don't want to dive too much into it yet. But we did, unfortunately, lose in regulation. And it's it's about to start this very, very rough stretch for us that we're going to talk more about in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I was concerned uh, the game against the Kings, how it started off. I was glad we came back to win. And you're right, Kiefer, Kiefer Bellows was really, really good. Matter of fact, that third line has been playing really well. Um, with Broussard and Del Cole and Bellows. Amazing when you give the young guys a chance. Maybe they'll surprise you. Uh, and they've actually been our only offense recently. So, uh, and then against Tampa, well, you know what? Tampa's just better than we are. Tampa is a really, really good team. They've overcome their uh, funk that they were in earlier in the year, and they they just handled us. Uh, it's just that plain and simple. We don't we don't match up with them. Well, I will say we, we usually play Tampa very close, and I thought we played them very close. Um, and you know that was a tale of a few different games all put into one game, and we'll talk about that more later. But I want to talk right off the bat about Kiefer Bellows. Um, we we talked about him in prior podcasts this summer, this last summer too. Um, we were talking about how we had expected a lot from him 
in Bridgeport in the A. And, you know, last year for him, didn't get off to a great start. He didn't necessarily uh, light up the scoreboard by any means. Um, but in the same token, this year, he's the leading goal scorer there for the Sound Tigers. He's really been proving a lot. And he gets his, his first chance up there in the NHL. And we're talking about three games into his NHL career. And he's got two goals and an assist. And I want to say he definitely was the best player on the and – and I don't make these statements a lot because I, I can believe they become hyperbolic to a certain point. But I want to say he was one of the best skaters on the ice, right up there with Anthony Bavillier against Los Angeles Kings. I thought he had an excellent game against the Kings. He scored his first and second NHL career goals, and I think he's done a, a very good job in his play as of recent. Yeah, um, things I noticed about him, he plays a solid two-way game. Um, you don't know if he's playing that way because you know he's new with a big team maybe that'll slack off i don't know i know he had a problem with the plus minus uh earlier this year um yeah you're talking about in bridgeport i believe when he left he had the worst plus minus on the entire team that being said in three games of the islanders he's got he's a plus four right and like i said it's just i like i said i don't get to watch enough bridgeport games to, to speak intelligently you know um a lot of people say I don't speak intelligently on anything that I talk about anyway, but at least I can pretend to be intelligent on things I see, but on things I don't, I can't. Uh, but it's nice to see him play a solid two-way game. Uh, one thing that impresses me, he gets that puck and he's got a, he shoots it. He's got a quick release. Uh, you know, that second goal that he scored against the Kings was from an almost impossible angle, and he potted it. And like I said, I like him. Uh, I was kind of – you know, people are kind of writing him off, and, you know, I, I think that was premature. Uh, I think he could definitely be a contributor to this team. Well, I will say this much. You know, I, I sent out a very scientific poll to the Islanders community there on our Facebook page at the Islander Fans United. And and this was a little bit earlier on once, you know, Kiefer Bellowes was on a huge streak down there in Bridgeport. And I was like, you know, does calling him up and playing him 10 minutes a game make an impact? Or would you rather him continue to play more minutes down there in Bridgeport and continue to play in those prime opportunities? You know, every single power play he's going to be on. He's going to be playing, you know, the primo minutes on the first line. And shockingly enough, a lot of fans were like, yeah, keep him down there in Bridgeport. I mean, I think it was close to a 50-50 split, but a lot of fans wanted him to still stay down there in Bridgeport. Um but in the same token, I've liked what I've seen out of him. And again, we've only we are only we've only seen three games from Kiefer Bello. So I'm going to try to reserve my uh, infatuation with his play so quickly because again, it's very very small sample size. Um, but you're right; he does throw the puck at the net every single opportunity he's given, and the Islanders need that desperately. I mean, we're coming off of a game against the Tampa Bay Lightning where he only had 18 shots on net. Yeah, and he's got he's got a good shot. He's got a good shot. He's not afraid to go into the corners. Uh, the, the kid seems like an all-around player. I, I mean, you know, I mentioned Brian Trottier last podcast. Uh, he just kind of reminds me physically of him, just the, the body type. Uh, he's not Brian Trottier, of course. I think he's taller than Brian Trottier too, isn't he? Trottier was 5'11". I think he's six foot, so or 5'10". I'm, I'm not sure how tall Trottier was, 5'10 or 5'11", uh, 195, something like that. Um, but I'm just saying the style of play. Um, he just kind of he looks similar to me, um, and 
you're right. When we only have 18 shots on net, we need somebody who can shoot the puck. Uh, this team desperately needs offense. And if he can provide that in any way, shape or form, he needs to be in the lineup. I mean, I don't need to see any more of Ross Johnston or Tom Kunako on the third line. I, I don't need to see that. Well, I will say this, grumpy old man. I was blown away that we were getting the Kiefer Bellows chance. You know, the day he scored, the time he scored his first career NHL goal, and even the second goal, they're chanting Kiefer Bellows. And I was in Barclays Arena, and I was just like, whoa. I was not expecting that as quickly as it happened. But um, it just shows you how much Islander fans and in general the organization is ready for a, a player just to come in and put, you know, score goals. Well, that's what happens. I mean, it's not like we have – what have we really had to cheer about recently? We've not been putting the puck in the net. I mean, you know, they cheer for Varlamov when he makes saves or Thomas Grice, but offensively, you know, who has been producing for us? I mean, I understand. I mean, good for him. I mean, good for the kid. I mean, I remember watching his dad play. He was a pure goal scorer, and hopefully his son can do the same thing. You're 100% right. Um, Islander fans are ready for it. Uh, I'm ready for it. Um, needless to say, I think you're right. The third line has really been gelling since he joined the ranks. Uh, Broussard's been scoring a few goals too, which is which is definitely a sight for sore eyes. Um, it's been nice to kind of see that third line kind of getting a little bit of offensive spark to it. But in the same token, our top two lines have – haven't really been producing um, all as well um, compared to, you know, the bottom, the bottom six. You know, Nelson's been terrible uh, the last number of games now, just, I mean, terrible. Um, and Matt Barzal has been shackled. I mean, it's just that plain and simple. Uh, it's just the way it is. I don't, it, it bothers me. It bothers me that we've taken away, the offensive acumen from Matt Barzal by penalizing him for making, you know, mistake a game or whatever. So now we don't get any offense from him either. Sure, he'll play defense, but we don't get any offense from him. Well, I won't necessarily comment on that because, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit last podcast, but I wanted to build a little bit larger of a sample size before we, we, we kind of talked about that. Um, that being said, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, wow. Um, this doesn't happen to us a lot often, and I want to get your feeling on it too, grumpy old man. I'm not sure how you felt about the game. I thought we were out physical. The physicality of the, the game was definitely in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is not something I could say honestly happens a lot to the New York Islanders. I thought, uh, and again, Sergachev is a tall physical defenseman. I thought he was cross-checking our guys a little bit, got away with it. I mean, the refs definitely let them play. Um, quote unquote, and I, I think Brennan Burke even talked about it, and so did Butch Goring in, in the broadcast. But uh, I thought we were, I thought, I thought the the Tampa Bay Lightning were more physical than us. Yeah, I thought we got bullied a little bit. Um, Tampa reminds me, as I've said numerous times, like the old Islander teams from the '80s. They can kind of play any style, and they kind of took it to us yesterday. Um, they're good. They're really, really good, and they can play any style. And, you know, that was a hallmark of the old Islander teams of the 80s. They could play anyone's style. And yesterday, they just they just stifled us. Uh, 
I mean, that was a, that was a tough game to watch. It just shows you how far we really have to go to be, be a contender for a Stanley Cup. Well, that being said, to start the third period, I think this is what you're referencing. I think we had one shot in the first 13 minutes of the first 12 minutes until our power play happened. Um, and, you know, given that shot by Matt Martin, almost found a way to sneak into the net uh, past Vasilevsky. And, and, and I think it's also worth noting that the Tampa Bay Lightning are playing really great hockey as of right now. And I think they were on a, a five-game home winning streak and – you know they they they've been playing extremely well, so it doesn't really come as a shock to me that they won at home. Um, that being said, it it's hard as a fan of a team when you're down a goal entering the third period, and you know the Tampa Bay Lightning did score their second goal, I believe, in the third period um, at the start of the third period to see us only amass one shot in the first. I think it was twelve or eleven minutes, something like that. Um, it, and given the power play opportunity that we were able to execute on that Broussard scored the goal on, and he, he really fought down low for that goal, I think it breathed a little bit of life back in the Islanders for the remaining bit of that third period. But given, you know, we only had about eight minutes left of that jump, you know, the, the proverbial jump in our step. Yeah, but really, I mean, and that was a nice pass by Bailey too, you know. I hate to. Great pass. I hate to, you know, I'm going to call it like I see it. And that was a really nice pass by Bailey. He had other opportunities during the game where he passed off when he had a, a prime shooting opportunities. But that was a really nice pass by him. Um, and we had maybe a little bit of push, but nothing really that led to any chances. I mean, it, it was just – it's just – it was tough. I mean, it's tough to watch when you're playing a team that's that good and that much uh, that much more superior to you. Um it, like I said, it was it was just a tough game to watch. I, it, for me, it's like, wow, we have a long way to go. That being said, I, I, I believe it last season. I believe it this year, too. Tampa is the best team in the NHL. Whether they win the Stanley Cup or not, I still believe that they are the best team, the most talented team in the NHL. And we also left off, you know, Matt Barzell did, did score a beautiful goal. Of course, he was a couple feet off sides. Um, you know, even I could see that. You know, before the goal yes. that he was offsides, but it was a it was a beautiful shot, um, and Martin had a, a chance. But really, you know, there weren't a whole lot of primo scoring chances for the Islanders in that game. Well, Matt, well, Matt Barzal had that breakaway against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he was caught from behind. I was not expecting that at all because, again, Matt Barzal with the great wheels he has was not expecting to be caught from behind. Well, the guy had the – I think – I forget who the defender was, uh, but he had the angle on him, and that's why he was able to make a nice play like that. Um, but there were some guys – like I said, we, going back to the physicality, um, there were some guys who were really laying the – really hitting the Islanders hard in that game. Johnny got just lambasted up against the glass uh, in, I believe, it was the, the, the third period. Um, it's – like I said, you're right. We don't usually get – bullied around like that but that's it sure felt like that yesterday mm. and we didn't we didn't we didn't step up to the challenge no and that's what i was about to say our, our, our checking lines you know our matt martins our casey's Ezekuses, they i don't think brought it back to the tampa bay lightning as much as we had hoped and expected um that being said uh, I, that's not something we see a lot out of the Islanders, right? They're, they're a team that's very, very, st- uh, very, very stout defensively, play a stingy style of game. They're going to check you anytime you have the puck. Um, and we, we definitely got, you know, 
the physical the physical action was taken to us yesterday, and I, I can't remember. I think it was Kiefer Bellis also who got kind of like thrown into the uh, the boards and the stanchion of the boards there a little bit. Yeah. But they, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning were physical. They were playing a physical brand of hockey against us, and when the refs, you know, they let they let you play. You know what I mean? Anything goes. That's that's how the games can be, and that's how it is in the playoffs. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. It just seemed like Tampa was just big. They just seemed like they were bigger than us. Um, I, like I said, it was they they deserved that win yesterday. I mean, let's just let's be honest. Let's call it the way it was. They they dominated us from beginning to end. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you're right. I, we did have a little bit of time where we were like, oh, wow, here's a chance, here's a chance. But again, the Tampa Bay Lightning are damn good. I don't think any Islander fan was shocked that the Lightning are as good as they are. And we had our chances. Uh, you know, if we execute here or there, um, sure, maybe we're looking at a different result. But to kind of shift gears, Grumpy Old Man, this starts a really, really tough stretch for the Islanders. We talked about it last podcast, and now we're kind of getting into the thick of things. Um, the Islanders, after that loss against the Lightning, they have a really, really tough road ahead of them. And we just actually got done talking to the our hockey podcast friends um, for the Washington Capitals, um, the Hockey Troll and Pauly Cupcakes. Um, great aliases and names those are. Uh, that being said, we just got off the, um, I guess, podcasting with them a little bit for their podcast. But we play tomorrow. We're recording this here on Sunday evening. We're playing the Washington Capitals tomorrow. And then on Tuesday, we'll play the second half of a back-to-back against the Philadelphia Flyers, another playoff-caliber team. Then we play the Nashville Predators on Thursday, which is a playoff-caliber team. Saturday, we'll play the Vegas Golden Knights, a playoff-caliber team. Then we'll play Monday – after that, the Arizona the Arizona Coyotes, a playoff caliber team, and then that Wednesday, the Colorado Avalanche, also a playoff caliber team. We're playing a lot of teams that are in or around the NHL playoff pitcher, and this is going to be a huge six game stretch for the Islanders. Given you know if we come out one and five somehow against this this stretch against good teams, I think we're we might be looking on the outside looking in of the playoff pitcher at that moment after that six game stretch, given. If we're able to go ahead and come away with more wins and losses, I think that's a huge victory for the Islanders at this stretch. Yeah, we're going to find out a lot about uh, the 2019-20 Islanders in the next week and a half, for certain. Um, You're right, these are all tough teams that we're facing. Uh, You know, but the style that we play, if we play to up to our capabilities, these are games that they're like playoff games for us, and we play – a playoff type game. Um, so hopefully that bodes well for us. Uh, Washington, I, I feel much better about the Washington game if they just did get rolled by Philadelphia seven to two. Uh, I would, I would have felt much better about our chances, but I'm, I'm not feeling good about it after that. You know, they're going to come out fired up, um, especially playing Barry Trotz and after that shellacking that they took. Well, I can tell you one thing. I, I I do think the Washington Capitals will be fired up after losing seven to two to the Philadelphia Flyers. But remember, the Islanders, I'm sure, are going to be extra amped for their game against the Washington Capitals. Remember the last time we played the Washington Capitals, grumpy old man? We entered the third period with a three-goal lead. And I think we gave up five unanswered goals, including an empty netter to the Washington Capitals in the third period to lose in regulation. 
And I think that was a home game for us too. So this is this is definitely a game that I am sure Barry Trotz and our team, the New York Islanders, have circled on their calendar saying, we were embarrassed the last time we played the Washington Capitals. We just completely let things derail, and we need to make sure we go ahead and play a, cons- a, a consistent 60-minute hockey game against them. TJ, I hate to give you credit, but that's a very good point. Uh, I had totally – I tried to block that game out of my mind – uh, so I'd forgotten about that a little bit, but yes, the Islanders definitely have some payback. Uh, hopefully that bodes well for us. Um, uh, I, I just hope so. I mean, here's, here's the thing. I think the game's going to be close. We're not going to get blown out against Washington. I just don't see that happening. Um, and hopefully, you know, we come away with a W. I, I you know, it, I think it's going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. And that being said, you know, we kind of talked about what we had thought prediction wise on our podcast there earlier with our friends from the Washington Capitals Hockey Podcast uh, Network um, podcast. That being said, I actually feel a little bit better uh, when we were t- since since talking to them. You know, we talked about a lot of different topics. Um, that being said, I did not know, grumpy old man, that apparently Barry Trotz is a god. In, in the Washington area, um, led them to the Stanley Cup, as we all knew. But he is very, very highly appreciated and valued there in that Washington Capitals community, which I didn't know. Uh, not really doesn't really come as a shock to me because that's the first Stanley Cup the Washington Capitals have ever won. Well, that's why he's a god there. Washington never won anything. I mean, honestly, they've been, you know, before Ovi, um, you know, they were perennial losers for the most part. Uh, throughout their history. And, you know, they had some years where they were good in the 80s and stuff. Uh, With Peter Bondra and stuff like that. And, sure. Yeah, Michael Bavanka, you know, and Rod Langway. But, you know, you know they're, they've been, you know, not a winning franchise. And anytime you win a – here's the thing. Uh, Barry Trotz will never have to buy uh, his own meal uh, whenever he goes back to Washington. In the D.C. area. No, he yeah, will not. Um, and you know what? He's a great, he's a really, really good coach. He is a great coach. And he turned them around uh, for a team that was, uh, you know, could be considered selfish in the past. They bought into the system. Uh, they got rid of some higher end talent, brought in some, you know, third and fourth liners. And they wound up winning the cup. Good for them. Good for them. And good for Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, I, I think he's a great player. I think it's hard as a, as a person who just enjoys hockey and the sport in general to root against Alexander Ovechkin, given he can be definitely chippy at times. And that's, you know, I have issues anytime a guy's a little chippy, but you know, he's, he's always a guy who's not afraid to go to bat for himself or other teammates. He will throw the body. He's extremely talented offensively. He's what you'd like to see. And it, just like one of those star type players. He's not a guy who likes to hide behind other big men. Um, he's not afraid to mix it up himself. Yeah. He plays old time hockey. Uh, he could have played in any generation uh, and been a star. Uh, I I think he's fantastic. Uh, he's, you know, what is he? I don't know what he is. I don't know how old he is now. 34, 35. I'm not sure how old he is, but he's certainly getting up there and he's still producing at the level that he always has. Uh you could do a lot worse than start your team with an Alexander Ovechkin, and that's at any time period in the NHL. 
Yeah, I will tell you one thing. Um, <laughs> the older he gets, you notice there's a little bit more gray coming in his beard and the side of his head. Um, but I tell you he's one thing. The only, he's not the only one, okay? No, 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 absolutely not. And but if it's you look funny. at my beard, I, you know, the older you get, you're going to get more gray in your beard. I hate to tell you, TJ, you're a kid right now. And by the way, TJ's not wearing a shirt again today, uh, everyone who's listening. Um, you know, right now, it's great to have, you know, whatever color your beard is there. I guess reddish, like uh, Eric the Red. Um, it's multicolored, grumpy old man. Okay. It goes to blonde, to red, to brown, all over. Okay, but as you get older, it's going to be more blonde, uh, so, you know, as you say, as opposed to any other color. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, he, he still can score, though. You're, you're 100% right. I mean, he, he's going he's gonna to be coming close on 700 career goals. Yep. Uh, unbelievable. Um, especially with the evolution of the way goalies play these days. I mean, that's that's going to be a really hard mark for anybody to hit in today's game. Yeah. You know, they, they say, oh, the greatest goal scorer ever. Well, you know, he also has the advantage. And today's players have an advantage, uh, not just, you know, the goaltending is better with the butterfly style, but – you got to remember the sticks are much better now too with the graphite sticks and the composites. You're really able to whip that puck where you weren't able to do that uh, many years ago. No, you're 100% right. I mean, you look at guys like Brett Hull. I mean, he was with a 100% flat stick out there, 100% flat wooden stick with those huge slap shots, those howitzers. I don't think he had a flat stick. I don't. I know his dad didn't. His dad had practically a banana curl on his stick, Bobby Hull. Uh, when he played for the Blackhawks, um, but I don't. I, I'm sure he had a curve on his stick, um, but they were not graphite like they are now, and the composites for certain. That's a um, relatively new thing. I'm probably wrong that on that point, grumpy old man. I thought he did have a flat stick, but you know what I mean. Probably didn't. Now that we're thinking about it, Gordy Howe had a flat stick. Maybe you think about Gordy Howe. <laughs> Wasn't thinking sure? about oh, old time hockey, old -time right? Hockey. Oh, gosh. Matter of fact, I think the Hanson brothers all had flat sticks. OG Oglethorpe. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm sure they all did. The better uh, to your opponent with. You're not kidding. Um, but this is this is going to be a crucial six-game stretch for the Islanders. And I think what, what we see out of this, again, this next week and a half will help determine what we're going to see at the NHL trade deadline. I think if – if we have a little bit of a lackluster showing and we don't really gain a lot of points here in the standings and possibly we fall out of the, you know, the playoff wildcard spot or, you know, we become the second wildcard team. I'm not sure what the Islanders are going to do, grumpy old man, because we could take this in multiple different directions. They can determine that, you know, with the young nucleus that we have coming up, like the Kiefer Bellos, the guys that we've seen this year, like the Oliver Wallstroms, the Otto Koivulas, you know, the young guys like the Noah Dobsons that are ready again to continue to step into larger roles. Do we go ahead and give a player up like that in order to bring in a guy like a rental or a young guy who might be able to make a difference on the team? It's going to be interesting to see what we do. I am definitely against that because again, as I've mentioned, those younger players who are continuing to, impressed down there in Bridgeport with point production and, and you know scouting reports and everything of that nature. I want to see what they've got to offer us in the future. Yeah. Um, you know my theory on that. Play the young guys. Um, if we do happen to – I mean, I think we're going to do okay in the six-game stretch. I think so too. I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not gloom and doom. I'm, I don't think we can go one and five. Oh, I don't either. I uh, think we're going to beat teams like the Arizona Coyotes. I think we will win a lot. I think we're going to win games. Yeah, I, you know, it's all about points. And uh, as a trade line is like upon us, like what a week, week and a half, whatever it is. Um, I just, I'm just leery. I don't want to trade any of our younger talent to get better for this year. I just don't. Um, you know, a lot of people saying keeper bellows, you know, maybe included in a deal for Pajot. Would you really trade keeper bellows after he's shown what he's shown? Well, that's what uh, Pierre it, LeBron went ahead and yeah. suggested as a possibility. And after what we've seen out of Kiefer Bellows, I think there's no way in hell that would ever happen. And I'm not giving away first round draft picks either. Not not for anyone who's a rental or an older player. The only like I mentioned last podcast, if you want to get somebody who's like 23, 24 years old and is going to be a long time contributor to the team, fine. It's something I consider, but not for somebody who's a rental. Absolutely not. I mean, a lot of these these situations where you're looking at these rental style players, they would be top nine forwards, but they'd be playing on a third line, fourth line for us. And I mean, because again, if you look at our centers, Matt Barzal and Brock Nelson are both cemented as a number one and number two center for the foreseeable future. That being said, um, our third line is starting to click right now. And again, you know, who knows how long it's going to continue to click for. But as of right now, our third line's producing. And it's our only line that seems to be consistently producing here over the last few games. So I don't see us messing with that line combination at all, over the, again, over this next stretch. Yeah, I mean, you look at the first line. Um, I think Anders Lee is just – he's just he's had chances and he's just not putting the puck home. Um, the second line has just been bad. I, I don't know why he put Bavillier with uh, Bailey and Nelson. I think Bavillier's looked good, though, as of recent. Yeah, I thought he's had a lot of good plays. Yeah, but the other two haven't. I just – I'm just – I don't understand. Like I said, it's just frustrating – um, where that second line has been, uh, the third line has been really good, and the fourth line is what the fourth line is. So you're not going to get a whole lot of scoring out of them. No, and I don't expect a lot of scoring out of the fourth line. That being said, um, they're always giving updates on Cal Clutterbuck. You know, he's skating on his own, et cetera. But, again, there's no real timetable for him, again, after he took that nasty cut on his wrist there by skate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so what? I mean, Komarov has done an admirable job filling in. We're we're loaded with guys who could play the fourth line, loaded. Um, you know, so that doesn't really bother me too much. Um, you know that he's not in there, he's not the reason we win or lose games, Cal Clutterbuck. So, you know, it just kind of is what it is. Um, but we need to get more production from our first two lines for certain. I also want to go on the record for saying that. Since we tore Michael Doe Cole earlier on in the season, I think he's played admirably over the last few games too. When I say the third line's been clicking, I mean the entire third line. I don't mean it's just Derek Broussard and Kiefer Bellows. I also mean that Michael Doe Cole has been playing well too. He's been doing a good job of fighting for the pucks along the board. He's been a good. He's been doing a good job on puck entries. I thought he's done a very admirable job. Yeah, he's uh, meshed really well with Bellows and Broussard. Uh, I think. Kiefer Bellows has actually helped elevate Michael Del Cole's game. Uh, now you got two guys who are unafraid to go into the corners. Um, it's it's been it's been a nice, pleasant surprise. Uh, I think he is. I, I don't think he's a great player, but he's looked good uh, in this limited stretch with Broussard and uh, Bellows. 
Yeah, you're right. I don't think he, Michael Ducole is a great player by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought he's been playing well as of lately. And, you know, how you change your perception of who you are as a player is by stringing together quite a few games where you look consistently good. And I thought that entire third line, top to bottom, has looked good over the last little stretch. And if we're going to win games against, again, playoff caliber teams, we're going to need contributions from anywhere and any on all of our lines, to be honest. And to see, again, the third line continue to heat up, it's nice to see that. And it's it's a welcome sight, but we're going to need a lot of production out of the top six, too. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, 100% agree that we're going to need come playoff time, some production from that third line. Um, now, something, and I, I forgot to mention it earlier, but I'll bring it up now. Man, you know, Noah Dobson, I thought, looked really, really good against Tampa. He only played 14 minutes a game, but his uh, his uh, entry passes into the zone, his exit passes out of the D zone have been really, really good. And you contrast that with, I mean, Nick Letty was just, brutal Saturday night. He was making cross-ice passes from uh, behind the goal line that were getting picked off. I'm like, dude, what are you doing out there? And, you know, but Trotz is just going to ride those guys that, you know, his trusted veterans. And I think that Noah Dobson has earned more playing time than he's getting. I thought Noah Dobson played extremely well. You're right. He does enter the zone extremely well. He does have good breakout passes. Um, That being said, I do agree. Nick Letty did not look good against Tampa Bay. I thought, again, Tampa is a very talented team. When you have, if any of your players are having an off game or they're struggling, it is going to be exposed against a team with the caliber and the talent that the Tampa Bay Lightning have. So, again, you know, I'm very critical of Nick Letty when he can be lazy at times, given if anybody was exposed against the Tampa Bay Lightning, that is a situation where I'm not necessarily shocked or surprised. Given if we're playing a team like the Detroit Red Wings uh, or a cellar dweller like that and they're exposed, obviously I'm a little bit more pissed. But against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm not necessarily upset. I'm more I, – I, I just expect something like that to happen unless you're playing again at your maximum capacity. Well, it just shows you how well that Noah Dobson played then yesterday um, with the pressure that they put on. Because uh, I think Ryan Pulak also struggled yesterday. He did. Um, you know, but Noah Dobson didn't. I mean, he's, you know, one of his composure is, it's really striking how composed he is back there. Yeah, I mean, that that, that goal we gave up right at the beginning of the second period um, was Brian Pulak not getting back after that slap shot missed a net, and it led to that odd man break for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, that being said, after we gave up that goal, I thought we played extremely well in the second period. We might have been outshot, but I thought we played a complete a, a Islander-style hockey in the second period. Yeah, I'm going to give Ryan Pulak a little bit of a break on that. I know Butch was all on him for it, too. Yeah, he missed the puck. Okay, if you miss the net, that doesn't mean you, you leave your zone. Uh, the puck just happened to come back, and uh, Point was kind of cherry-picking right up the center of the ice. He was looking to jump out, you know? So, I I mean, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to bury Pulak on that um, because if that pass gets picked off or deflected, you're playing, Tampa's playing shorthanded in their zone. Well, you notice a lot of times, very often, these highly talented teams 
will always have a guy. I mean, Toronto does the same thing. If you've got a lot of speed and offensive talent and acumen, you're always going to have a guy looking to make an early exit from the zone. That's how a lot of teams play in today's game. And if you have that type of speed, I mean, it's going to expose any type of mistake at all. And it's unfortunate because I thought we played really well in that second period to give up that goal. Um, You know, that being said, I don't think it came as a huge shock that we did lose that game. We did play them close, though, which is kind of what I expected, given we didn't have a lot of shots. Again, only as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, only 18 shots on that. Um, that definitely needs to improve. You got to put shot. You got to put the puck on that if you want to win games. You're going to get yeah. fluky goals, but you just have to throw the puck towards the net. Yep, like I said, the first period was a slog for both teams. It was choppy. Um, second period, I thought the Islanders played well, but I thought Tampa did too. In the third period, Tampa just took over um, for about the first 11 minutes, and then we made a push at, after we scored that power play goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's gonna be it's gonna be an important stretch for the Islanders over the next few games, uh, grumpy old man. And you know, is there anything else you want to kind of throw in and talk about here before we kind of talk about the upcoming games against the Washington Capitals and the Philadelphia Flyers on Monday and Tuesday? No, I'd like to delve into those games if we could. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're gonna have a game on Thursday against the Nashville Predators, but we'll cover that in our next podcast because our podcast does release on Thursday. Um, so we have. Tomorrow, we'll be playing the Washington Capitals at 7 p.m. And then on Tuesday, we'll be playing the Philadelphia Flyers at 7 p.m. So, Grumpy Old Man, what is your takeaway? How many points do you think we come away in these next two games? I am I want to say three. I really do. I'm going to say three. I'm going to say we'll lose in overtime to Washington and we'll beat Philadelphia. And here's the thing. There's no way I'm ever picking the Islanders to do anything but win against Philadelphia, ever. Every time we ever play the Philadelphia Flyers on this podcast, the grumpy old man lets us reminds us how much he hates the Philadelphia Flyers. I hate them. They're, I don't hate any other. I don't really hate a lot of things, but I hate the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm fine to go with three points, grumpy old man. Um, I know in in the prior podcast, you know, with with our guys from the Washington Capitals, I thought maybe we'd lose in regulation to them because they did get beaten very badly by the Philadelphia Flyers. But then, you know, after talking on our podcast, I remembered, grumpy old man, that there's no way a professional athlete forgets how they gave up five goals in the third period against the Washington Capitals the last time they played them. This game, I'm sure, has been circled on their calendars, and I'm sure Barry Trotz's calendar, after they completely collapsed against the Washington Capitals the last time they played them. So I think we're going to see a very, very considered effort. Maybe this one goes overtime. Maybe we lose. But I wouldn't be shocked, actually, if we win against the Washington Capitals. I don't care how badly they got beaten by the Philadelphia Flyers. When you lose a game against a team by giving up five unanswered goals in the third period as a professional, I could promise you you're going to have a more concerted effort in all 60 minutes against the Washington Capitals. So I'm predicting, I'm predicting three points as well, Grumpy Old Man. I like that. Um, that being said, there's a lot of things we're going to be watching over this next week and a half stretch. Um, big, big time period for the New York Islanders. This is, this is crucial. Well, I just want to say, you know, we just finished wrapping up that podcast with, uh, the Washington Capitals folks, and you've already flip-flopped on your prediction where me, the grumpy old man, I made the same prediction there as I made here because there's no shame in my game. Uh, because it's always the same. Because it's always the same. That's right. I want you to make sure you remember that. Yeah, absolutely, Grumpy Old Man. Well, I want to thank you for being on the podcast as always. Well, my pleasure, of course. 
And we also want to go ahead and thank the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, they allow us to go ahead and publish this podcast on multiple multiple different platforms. Whether you listen to it on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, um, the Hockey Podcast Network publishes that on every different platform. You listen to podcasts on, so we're very, very thankful for them. And thankful for the listeners, guys. Um, you know, this has been another great season. Again, the season's not over. But it's been a great season. We love interacting with you know the people who listen to the podcast. We love interacting just with Islander fans and, and fans in general. Um, big stretch, crucial stretch for the Islanders. And thank you so much again, Grumpy Old Man. My pleasure.